Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Jim Kircher. Interested in becoming more conscious consumer who's mindful of buying more ethical and sustainable goods but not sure where to start? Well, the 18th annual Green, Live, Green Living Festival returns to the Missouri Botanical Garden this weekend and offers patrons expertise on making links between sustainability and a healthy environment. An array of workshops and events will provide tips and knowledge about using smart technology and energy efficiency, grilling with natural gas, combating climate change with everyday strategies, kombucha making, composting, native plants, green cleaning products, the list goes on. Joining me in the studio to expand on the importance of sustainability and green living is Gene Ponzi, Green Resources Manager, at the Missouri Botanical Garden. Gene, thanks for joining us today. It's good of you to have worn a green shirt for this, Jim. Well, Kajer. yeah. No, I was, uh, <laughs> you know, I was trying to be uh, be in line with the theme. But 18 years, I'm thinking as yes. I'm reading this, um, a lot has happened. We'll call this a movement. Let's yes, call yes, it a movement. Yes, I think you can now. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 18 years, what have you seen? And let's, well, we'll get into the details sure. of what you're doing. But sure. that strikes me as like th- there's been some progress. Yes. And, uh, so the first... Uh, it was called the Energy Festival in its first year in in, uh, 2001. And at that time, it was in the fall, and there was the Earth Day Festival in St. Louis and the Energy Festival in the fall, and we put that on from the Earthway Center of Missouri Botanical Garden, and there really wasn't a lot else around town to be able to get to see products, learn about services, talk with experts about your project ideas. Happily, today, there is a lot of that stuff. I mean, we see it at home improvement stores, and we, we read about it in blogs, and we see it in all kinds of media, and green has really become mainstream. There also is a fair amount of green washing when you start to get these kinds of claims of, you know, more beneficial for your health and the planet's health and all that. And there are just so many wonderful things going on around St. Louis, ways in which sustainable practices are happening in an everyday way and really happening in movements. So let's talk about the festival. Let's 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 take two people. One is the committed environmentalist yes. who's doing all kinds of yes. things and they have the, the, the rain barrel. And they've got the butterfly garden and the the, the canvas shopping bag. I mean, that's not uh-huh, big uh-huh, stuff, actually. Uh-huh. That's pretty small they stuff. They have solar panels, too. Solar yeah. panels. <laughs> so that's the committed person. So they've got something probably to find. And then there's people who say, you know, I probably don't do a much. Uh, do, do, do much. Mm-hmm. Um, is there stuff for both of those Oh, yes, uh, folks? absolutely. So let, let's, let's start with the person who doesn't do much. If, if I want an introduction and, and a gateway to being a little bit more sustainable and green, what do mm-hmm. I find there? Well, actually, what both of those audiences would have in common, Jim, is you can come with a project idea. If there's something you're thinking about doing, you're in the middle of doing, in your home, in your yard, in your community, you can talk to an expert in that area from among our exhibitors and vendors and staff and presenters. So it might be the person who's doing absolutely everything they can think of, and then there's something more advanced or something that they want to improve on or enhance, or it might be the person, as you say, who's thinking, and that person will probably find that they may be doing more green things than they think they are. And now, part of that is being mainstream. I think some yes. practices are just practices yes. now. You don't even think of them as being uh, yes. green. And that's, you know, one of the purposes of, for example, the U.S. Green Building Council's lead rating system. It is aimed itself 
toward putting itself in a way out of business by having every building be built to those standards, whether or not they have the certification or not. And the U.S. Green Building Council, Missouri Gateway Chapter, is a part of this festival, a major contributor to this festival. So um, some of the kinds of things you'd find in green buildings, super energy efficiency, um, green cleaning, so that when you're maintaining your, your home or your building, you're not concentrating pollutants from chemicals that are harsh and Yeah, there's a, there's a workshop on that, which kind of uh, yes, uh, caught yes. my eye, and uh, you, you see that a lot. What are the options to certain chemicals? What are some natural solutions and things? So, so that's right. the sort of thing I would learn about. Then, that would I'm be fine. one of the things you could learn about, and in that particular DIY workshop, you would actually make and take some clean air cleaner, and I believe some also herbally-based insect repellent. So that's we like to have those hands-on kinds of things. People really love to have those experiences, and this is a little bit more abbreviated than you might find if you were on a date night class doing that kind of thing, but it's, it's still an experience. Um, and, you know, some of that stuff is just, it's old techniques. It's food-grade ingredients that you it's would have. Prob- it's like, probably you know, stuff my grandmother did. And vinegar. Yes, <laughs> before, exactly. Before the chemicals became available in the store. And before the plethora of specialized chemicals for cleaning granite versus cleaning marble versus cleaning tile versus cleaning linoleum, before those things all came and started competing for our attention. So one of the things the Green Living Festival aims to do and the work of the Earthway Center year-round is to help us all learn to be smarter consumers and make better decisions. Not necessarily one product or one choice over another, but how to evaluate that and how to decide if you're going to spend more for something that is saying it's better for you and better for the planet, how do you evaluate whether that's really a true claim or greenwashing? Making us smarter, making us more savvy and also able to uh, use in some ways simpler and in some ways much more innovative solutions. So there's a uh, kombucha making demo. Yes. And, you know, when I first heard kombucha, I had to go look it up. What, yeah. You know, so what, what's, what's so hot about kombucha these days? And how does it fit into this? Uh, <laughs> it's very popular. It's like yoga. Yoga Buzz comes <laughs> and does a yoga session, kicks yeah. off in the morning outdoors, whether, you know, anticipated. Uh, it's a, when I first heard about it, Jim, I thought it was kind of like weird Korean cabbage soda. I was wrong. It's, <laughs> it's fermented. So in the, in the way in which fermented stuff is good for your guts mm-hmm. and good for the intestinal flora, uh, it, it is that. And it's fizzy, and it tastes good, and it just kind of—it's kind of like a little tune-up for your digestive system. I, I have to say, and I'm not—you know—I'm I'm not your star green uh, person, eco person, but I do some things. But I have to say, when I made bread or I make beer, uh-huh. I love to see it living, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and it really ties you. In a, in a very different yes. way to your food. Yes. I love to see it. But I think that's the most fun part is just to see it living and growing. Uh, and, and, and so I think that is kind of a, it's a neat lesson. I'm not sure everybody loves the, uh, you know, the, the end product. But I, I think the process really ties you to nature in a way that, uh, you know, you don't have to unwrap it. Right. It's, you know, kombucha is actually quite refreshing. I have really developed a taste for it. Um, 
And when you look at the active ingredient in it, it's called a, I believe it's called a SCOBY, and it kind of looks like a slippery placenta. It's kind of a creepy looking thing, but that's where the yeast, that's where the culture yeah. is and where the fermentation takes place. And with all the interest that we have in craft brewing and in uh, um, uh, uh, distilling, craft distilling, understanding how those plant substances and how those substances interact with each other and how to blend those with flavors and how to consume them fresh. That's a big part of that culture. Now, Missouri Botanical Garden has wonderful displays of vegetable gardening and flower gardening, and the Green Living Festival takes place in and around the grounds of our beautiful Kemper Center for Home Gardening. So you can walk around the outside and the outskirts of the festival's footprint and get to see a lot about food production. We're not, we will have the Missouri Coalition for the Environment there this year to focus on their new local food brand. They have been working on food access and did a map of our regional food shed to find out what kinds of, and, and a lot of good data on that, what kinds of food are produced in our region, what we need to produce to be able to supply our region with good, healthy local food in a better way. Uh, now they are working on a brand. So when you say local, what does that mean? How far does it come from? What are the claims that are involved in that? That will help the, the producers of food in our region better market and better connect in a, in a real true way with consumers. So they'll be there talking about that. And uh, then... No, no, ahead. I know there's yeah. lots more. Yeah. I, I just wanted to, to clarify, uh, it's admission to the garden, but the rest of this stuff is, is free, then, right? Yes, yes. Right? The Green Living Festival is included with garden admission. And one of the things, Jim, that a lot of people don't realize is that St. Louis City and County residents enjoy complimentary admission to the garden every Wednesday and Saturday until noon. We're part of the Zoo Museum Tax District, and that's one of the ways that we give back to the population that contributes to that. So on Saturday, tomorrow, June 1st, you can come to the garden anytime before noon if you're a city or county resident and take advantage of that free admission. Or if you're a garden member, that always applies. So let's talk about the big picture. We, we know there are huge uh, concerns, global mm -hmm. concerns, mm -hmm. climate change, uh, mm -hmm. all kinds of pollution, plastic, all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, if I do a few nice things at, at home, am I just making myself feel better? Or am I really just making a difference? Because it seems like I, I, can't, I can't affect this enough. I just maybe can make myself feel better that I'm not contributing. As environmental educators, our job is to encourage and educate and motivate. So my response to that would be in the same way that either one of us, any of us, would want to be courteous and appreciative and encouraging and curious about the, you know, the circles that we inhabit, those practices, that way of being, that way of living is really important in the in the age of climate change in the face of all those larger things. And the some of the stuff to celebrate in St. Louis, talking about the evolution of sustainability in St. Louis, has to do with things like pollinator gardening and like rainscaping, using the power of plants to manage our stormwater. This is especially apparent in this era, in this, this time of flooding again. Um, energy efficiency and movements toward renewable energy goals. We will be announcing a new program called Grow Solar for some communities on the Missouri side that has been functioning on the Illinois side of our region for a while that will be discounted um, kind of a group buy to bring down the cost of solar implementation for residents in our area. And that's a new thing. And when you start having that happen, 
among residents in several municipalities at a time as a pilot for 2019, then you start to have that group impact and the willingness and the openness of individuals to do this green stuff contributes, you, get, you start heading toward the tipping point of making that bigger difference. So if I'm not resistant to this, but I'm not really deeply involved, yeah. where's a good place to start? I mean, if I'm typical, mm-hmm. um, what am I? What would you say are a few things I might be doing that are harmful to the environment that would be easy to change? Well, in my experience working in the green space for 30-odd years, the number one thing people think about when they think about green is recycling. And today, big picture today, the recycling industry needs us to only put the stuff in our single stream bin that should go into that bin. Stick with the six is one of the models for a regional partnership. Plastic bottles and jugs, aluminum cans, steel cans, paper, flattened cardboard, um, glass bottles in most areas, nothing else in that bin. So practicing that correctly. And then, you know, it's always good to use reusable stuff like reusable cups and bags, but then even if you do use your reusable bag, You can take so many different kinds of plastic bags and plastic what's called film, bubble wrap, shrink wrap, dry cleaner bags, produce bags, bread bags, back to the grocery store, and that plastic will get made into most likely a product like composite lumber. Partly plastic, partly wood dust, never have to finish it, doesn't splinter, great product that uses waste materials and is a very convenient way to collect a whole bunch of material that is a big contaminant in your single stream, plastic bags. So that's one of those kind of messages we give to people. Ameren, Missouri is a presenting sponsor of the Green Living Festival. They are providing us with a pretty cool bag this year. Actually, it's got little pockets and it's got a strap and one of my colleagues put his 10 pound toddler grandson in it just to demonstrate, I I don't know that I would do that, but he did. Um, So here you go. Here's your bag, here's your practice, here's why. Here's why this is impactful. The other thing is the power plants. You know, we are Missouri Botanical Garden, and one of the things that is just booming, rocking around our area is gardening for pollinators. Um, uh, And that dovetails with rainscaping, with using your landscape to capture and hold stormwater. People just love this, whether it's planting milkweeds for monarchs or mixing in zinnias with your native flowering plants and then understanding how to better control mosquito breeding and not have to just spray for mosquitoes, that kind of stuff. That That's getting you into ecology. It's getting you into the relationships to things. And like food and local food and healthy food, gardening for pollinators is something that people, it just makes us happy and it connects us with nature. And that's another really, really good way in that is so popular and so visible at so many garden centers. Greenscape Gardens, one of the big leaders in our area, will be at the Green Living Festival promoting that. Yeah, we're talking with Jean Ponzi from Missouri Botanical Garden about the Green Living Festival this weekend there. We've talked about all of the the, the great things that people are doing, Mm -hmm. can do, Mm -hmm. and the 18 years that this festival has been going on. Are are you concerned that um, some of these practices, say, maybe like kombucha, will come and go as a trend. Um, I don't need to keep picking on kombucha. but <laughs> that We should have samples here. We should uh, next time. But I, I just wonder that, you know, I, I just wonder, it's like, okay, we, we were doing that for 10 years. I was big into yeah. uh, in the environment for a while, and now I'm big into something else. Well, big into the environment. <laughs> Let's see. Our species 
lives here on this planet, and we are neighbors and related to and interrelated with all the other living things. So connecting people to nature and connecting people to the natural systems and processes that are all around us that really support us, the ecosystem services that support us, that's what Earthway Center's work, that's what it you know kind of underlines putting on a festival about this stuff. Um, the more we can ignite the, you know, the green lights in the minds and hearts of our fellow humans to connect with nature and to value those systems that the natural world provides us. If you're getting your electricity from the sun, then you're valuing that system and you're valuing what that does to your electric bill, which is like, beep. So making those connections, getting people to appreciate doing things in systems in a connected way, as opposed to you get something, you use it for a while, and then you throw it away. Where is a way, really? Changing thinking, changing patterns, working on making stuff like solar energy available to whole municipalities within our region, working with the Metropolitan Sewer District to manage the precious resource of water that is overwhelming us right now in a way that doesn't overwhelm and overtax the sewer system's capacity to send clean water on down the pipe, down the stream. Those are, those are things that each one of us are impacting and we can impact and we do impact. And people are receptive to this kind of stuff. And we still need to keep educating. There's job security for the green geeks like right. us. It's steady work, right. So you've got uh, kids' events as well. Yes, we do. And so, again, you know, when we talk about the, uh, something coming and going as a trend, if you've got a new generation, and we already, yes. in 18 years, you've already trained one generation, right? Yes, yes. So what, what, uh, what's there for kids over the weekend? Um, we always have popularity with kids building solar car solar cars, super solar speedsters, and then they can race them in the sunshine on our raceway. That is one thing. Um, we have a special feature. This year, this is the second time I think we've done it. There is a writing contest in St. Louis called Write Outside Your Door. And we will be presenting awards to the winners of that contest. The Garden does this in partnership with the Gateway Writing Project. So students who have experienced nature and are writing about that, the, 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 their actually writings will be there on posters, and the families and the students will be there to be honored at that event. And we will have, I believe, a writing activity um, at the festival. Um, and all, I mentioned yoga. All ages yoga takes place at 9.30 tomorrow morning with Yoga Buzz. And, boy, people come out, talk about kombucha. Yoga <laughs> brings them out in droves. S'mores as well, I believe. Solar s'mores, right. Yeah. When you can have a the kind of snack that you maybe only get on a camping trip once a year out of a solar oven, we've baked bread in the solar oven and lasagna in the solar oven. So this is a quick, fun snack. And it, it is the power of the sun to do something that we all need, which is prepare our food. Well, so much of this, I mean, we talked, this probably began, I remember years and years ago when I was at Channel 2 and I did a story with Roger Powell, who uh -huh. used to run the uh, Coalition for Pryor, the Environment. Roger Pryor. Roger uh -huh. Pryor. This right. is their 50th anniversary right. this year. And they had an office on Del Mar. Yes. And he talked to me about recycling. This yes. is probably 1982. And the whole idea that we should probably start recycling somehow. Yeah. Okay, so recycling's been around for quite a while. But it seems to me now that the trends, a lot of them, have to do with food. 
Yes. Uh, fresh food, uh, vegetarians, vegans. I, you, you're not going to convince me to be a vegan if I go to this festival, I don't think. You'd have to really work hard to do that. But getting back to this idea that, that food has become a much greater part yes. of living sustainably. Yes. And when that happened, Jim, when food kind of came into the you know, the pantheon of subject matter, the focal, the focal areas for environmental action, that was the greatest thing to me because we get happy when we think about and talk about food. It touches us in our hearts. It touches us in our relationships with things that we love. And people, frankly, never get happy about nukes and dead whales. So being able to come in with environmental awareness and environmental connectivity and affirmation and learning new stuff through an avenue that people love and are happy about is very key and it's so important. And it relates to soil health, which relates to climate change, which relates to water conservation, which relates to heirloom species and heirloom seed types and social justice and making food deserts bloom, that kind of thing. And that is happening in St. Louis in such a big way and across the country. It's one of the things that is the most exciting to me because food Re embodies environmental sustainability and human sustainability in so many ways. I would think the garden, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here, you'll correct me if I'm wrong, that a, a lot of people initially were like, show me how to pr uh, plant pretty flowers and, and, mm -hmm. and take mm -hmm. care of things. Mm -hmm. uh, I would imagine now there's a lot more interest in the pollinators. What yes. can I do for the butterflies and the bees? Yes. And, and vegetables and uh, lettuce and all those sorts of things. I wonder if, if the emphasis a little bit or the demand for information has changed over the years at the garden. Um, yes, yes. Some new things have come in. The emphasis on what I would call ecological landscaping with primarily native plants, native and adapted plants, the ones that do well in our soil type and our, you know, seasonality and the amount of rainfall, like we're having a lot of rainfall right now. Um, that is a big, big movement, and that is really good for pollinators because the insects have evolved with those plants. So they have a relationship. They are good neighbors. They're, they're related. They need each other to survive like monarchs need milk weed. And when people learn that, that's a big ecological lesson. And when you put that into practice, it's a cool thing. You can still have your zinnias and your petunias along with the natives. Great. Lots to learn, lots of lessons. Uh, enjoyable, though, at the Green Living Festival this weekend at the Missouri Botanical Garden. I want to thank Jean Ponzi for joining us today. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWME.